live from California on this episode of the Agent Marketer Podcast. I'm going to be talking about flash briefings, something I get a lot of questions on. So for you, I'm going to talk a little about flash briefings, what they are what it entails, what it is. And then, you know, because everyone likes to hear examples, I'm going to be giving, and I've done this before. Um, I'm going to give you guys a mashup of, um, uh, flash briefings that I've done since I've been gone for the last month, traveling through California, speaking engagements, everything that I've been doing. So I'm going to do a mashup of all those flash briefings in one episode. So you guys can check it out. All right, so before we get into the mashup and, and everything that we're doing with flash briefings today, I want to give a shout out to uh, our sponsors, one being SoundUp, which will obviously be something that we play into here uh, in, a, in a couple minutes. Um, they are an awesome flash briefing provider, so check it out at uh, agentmarketerpodcast.com forward slash SoundUp. They are who I use as my host. They are the premier hosting, plus they do a ton of other things, so highly recommend check them out. When you go to that link, it's password protected, put in industry 19 one word all lowercase um, industry 19 and that will give you an exclusive discount at uh, $8.99 a month can't get that discount anywhere else so check that out um, other sponsors are uh, audible so if you want to check out uh, audible you haven't used them before uh, you get a 30-day free trial plus a free ebook and so you can check that out at agentmarketerpodcast.com forward slash free book and um Last but not least, the godfather himself, Neil Mathweg. Uh, Neil's been a friend of mine uh, for a long time. He uh, he hosts the Agent Rise podcast, which was formerly known as the Onion Juice podcast. And uh, he is uh, he's just an awesome guy. And he's a great, great real estate coach. So he runs a six-week boot camp. And you can check that out at neilmathwegcoaching.com. Highly recommend it. I know a lot of people that have gone through it. They love it. And if you need a place to kind of supercharge your business side of, of real estate, uh, he is the one to see. So again, neilmathwegcoaching.com. All right, so let's get into this episode, episode 36, flash briefing. So it's something that I get asked about quite a bit. And, you know, it's something that I've been done, uh, been doing for a while. Uh, recently, I was honored. So for those of you that know know the, the Webby Awards, but they basically give them out to um, like uh, podcasts, websites, new apps, stuff like that. It's basically like the Oscars for, uh, for the internet. <laughs> and so it's been around for a while. And so I uh, had the distinction recently of being an honoree, uh, the flash briefing, my agent, uh, agent marketer flash flash briefing, um, was an honoree, uh, for the Webby Awards. So, um, very happy with that. Uh, I mean, it would have been nice to be, you know, uh, a nominee to, to get an award, but honorees are good. Um, it just, it basically what it means is you're in the top 20% of the tens of thousands of people that submit their work to them, um, all over the world. And so if you're voted by their, um, their committees as being in the top 20% of that, then, um, you, you get, you become an honoree. Uh, if you're in the top 10%, then you get a nominee and that's where people could vote for you to, to win. Now I'm in, I'm in good company because the only other, uh, honoree, uh, for, for our category for voice, um, education and, and business reference was, um, was from HBO. So uh, home box office. So that's good company to be in. Cause they're obviously a major studio that has way more resources than I do. So, uh, a great company to be, uh, you know, be included with them, uh, in, uh, in that. So, uh, very excited about that. Um, 
the when it comes down to flash briefings, the questions I get because I've been speaking, I've been traveling for this last month and speaking at a few events and flash briefings is something that always comes up. Flash briefings are great micro content, right? It's that they're like little mini podcasts. You know, you you know, the max you could do is 10 minutes. But what I found is because a lot of people use flash briefings for like their daily like news and whatnot. If you start going too long, then what happens is that it ends up becoming kind of a chore. Because And the reason why is like, like just for example, look, if you let's say you subscribe to 10 flash briefings in the morning, that's a half an hour of listening you have to do if they're just three minutes, a, 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 you know, a piece. Now, if yours is like eight to 10, then, you know, and other other people are like 10, then like, you know, that's it ends up, you know, kind of becoming a lot of minutes. And so. Uh, so I, I always recommend keeping it to like, you know, at least three, you know, if you want to go three and a half, cool. I try to keep mine anywhere between uh, two and three and a half minutes long. Uh, so that's, you know, if you're doing flash briefings, that's what you should be focused on. But if you're like, okay, look, you're, you've gone too far. Like what are flash briefings? Flash briefings. Um, one is I love them. Uh, flash briefings are basically little micro podcasts and basically like news updates that you can do for Amazon Alexa. So if you have a, an echo device, or Amazon Alexa app, or if you're using that at all, which, you know, millions of people are, um, you can you can then enable uh, a flash briefing of either local news or, or someone that's talking. Like you could enable mine where I do marketing tips and tricks and, and just news and commentary, kind of like, you know, like I do here on, our, on the podcast. But um, it's, uh, it's, it's a wide range of things that you could talk about. The way that I feel loan officers and agents can make the most use of that is to focus on local events because it's a wide range, right? It's, it's, it's a wide range, uh, you know, a market that you get into and, it's, and, and nobody's there, right? So you could be a first mover as far as like what we're doing, right? Um, now you're starting to see big media companies like CNN has a flash briefing. Um, a lot of local news are starting to get flash briefings. And so now the more that consumers, mainstream consumers see these flash briefings are, and the media is doing all the heavy lifting for us, which we should love them for. Now we could have a flash briefing because people are finding them organically. Like I'd say about 60, 65% of my audience on my flash briefing has been organically uh, or has been organically uh, done by, uh, by people just uh, being on Amazon and searching for it. Cause it's it, Alexa skills is the first option in the dropdown on Amazon. So, um, you know, flash briefing is what they call an Alexa skill. And, you know, this is where the terminology and mumbo jumbo get, you know, start, you know, turning people sideways. But basically an Alexa skill, Amazon uses the word skill as a, as a, as their definition for app. So just think about it as an Alexa app. They use the term skill. Flash briefing is one of those skills. Um, another skill, if you happen to have an Amazon Echo device, just to kind of wrap your head around it is like, if you have any home automation, like you say, Alexa, turn off a uh, living room or, you know, set a, set a, set up a scenario or read me my calendar. Anytime you tell Alexa to do anything and they do it, that's a skill, right? Like that, whatever they return to you data wise is a skill and um the uh the the way that you should look at it when it comes to flash briefing is you know what what kind of information are you going to relay right and as i said you know a little bit ago is that i think loan officers and agents should focus on their local market because you could basically like let's say you're in san diego you, you could be the san diego uh news right on, on amazon or on Alexa. And so you could say, you know, they could say, okay, enable uh, San Diego news. And that could be your thing, right? And, and no one else could take it. Once it's done, it's done. And because you're a first mover there and people find that, you could just talk about local events. You could, and it's so easy because what you could do 
is you could actually just read news that's already happen happening, right? You could you could already you could read, and obviously you want to you know you know tell tell people where you got your sources from, right? Where you're getting the news from, so you're not just plagiarizing. But you could just say, look, you know, because from a consumer's perspective, I can't read every news source, right? I just can't. I don't have that time. But if you can consolidate everyone into one little, you know, three to you know uh, two to three minute flash briefing, and then talk about events and things of that nature, you could have it sponsored by your real estate company or your mortgage company, your brand, you could have them as a sponsor. So they hear that every single time they listen to your flash briefing, you could talk a little bit about yourself. Like, Hey, I'm a local realtor here. You don't say it in every episode because you don't want to take away from why people are actually listening to the flash briefing, but it just gives you, it's, it's another reason to get in front of someone in one of the fastest moving markets there is right now. And that's voice, right? That's podcasting. Like you're listening to now and that, or, or flash briefings. It's something that I, I really believe in. I know people that have really built their brand using the flash briefings. Uh, a lot of downloads right now. I'm, I'm over uh, $1,100 or sorry, $1,100, 1100 uh, listens a month now on my flash briefing. And I get messages from people in different industries and whatnot. It, it, I'm just telling you, it's, it's something that you definitely want to do. Now, to give you an example, I am going to play here shortly a bunch of mashups of flash briefings that I did while I was gone um, this last month traveling. So you could kind of hear, I'm going to talk a little bit about, you know, what I, I went to on a kind of, you know, for three days to Disneyland with or four days with the, to, at Disneyland for, with my family. So I did a theme for that week and I, I talked about what, uh, what people could learn from, from in marketing, what marketing uh, information or business uh, tips and advice and uh, you know, just tricks that you could learn from what Disney has done. So it's cool to kind of like, you know, do a theme based off of where you're going going and, and kind of play into that. Uh, and then you'll just hear some other things where I talk about some tools and some other things, but you'll see that, you know, they're each one's about two and a half, three minutes. I'm just going to mash up a bunch of them together. Cause that's generally when I speak and I talk about flash briefings, the number one question I got was what, it, what does it sound like? What is it? Is? And I could tell them just like I told you, but a lot of it's it, the, the best thing is to, um, to really listen to what these flash briefings are. And, um, you know, if you decide you want to do a podcast, you could do what I'm doing now. And that's basically, repurposing my flash briefing content as part of a content uh, um, as, as part of a podcast and I, this is the second time I've done it I've actually did, did a mashup um, I can't remember what episode it was but I did a mashup earlier and um, of different uh, flash briefings and I got a lot of great feedback on that because some people didn't even know flash briefings didn't know, know what it was hadn't heard of it before so I actually got uh, you know uh, grew, the, grew the audience that way so it's just another way of repurposing content and for you guys, it's just understanding like what it is. So um, flash briefing, like I mentioned SoundUp earlier as a sponsor. If you go to SoundUp, you could actually do everything through their one dashboard. And re you could even record in their dashboard as well. You could do everything you need to do. They're a great service. It makes it so much easier to start a flash briefing. I've turned a ton of people on them. They are the official uh, flash briefing of the Industry Syndicate, which we're a proud member of. If you want to go check out more shows and flash briefings, industrysyndicate.com. Check that out. Um, but with Without further ado, here is a mashup of flash briefings from the last month. I'm not doing all of them, but just some select few that I think you'll find interesting and entertaining. And, uh, you know, I really do, really, really do hope you guys um, get into the the habit of doing these flash briefings because I'm telling you, like, I believe it so much that this is going to be the future of where, uh, where people are going. So highly recommend that you guys get into flash briefings. If you have any questions or want to, uh, you know, um, talk a little bit about flash briefings, uh, let me know. Um, just shoot me an email at, uh, Frazier at the agent marketer.com.
happy to do it. This is a course that I actually have in the Agent Marketer Coaching Program. So you can check out that at theagentmarketer.com. Of course, go to my website for the podcast, agentmarketerpodcast.com. There's a link back to the coaching site that I do where I talk about, you know, how people do podcasts and flash briefings. And I give you guys more than just online uh, education. I give you guys an actual uh, person and a coach to talk to um, as you're going through these branding and marketing challenges in 2019 and beyond. So check that out. Thank you guys for joining me. Uh, Cause I'm just going to play the flash briefings. I'm not going to do an outro or anything like that. So um, I want to thank you guys for joining me on this episode. I hope you enjoy this mashup of flash briefings. Take care. Good morning, everyone. I want to welcome you to the weekend edition of the agent marketer flash brought to you by wise agent. This is episode 177. As always, I am your host, Jason Frazier. We are a proud member of the industry syndicate. You can check out more awesome shows at industry syndicate.com. So weekend edition, for those of you that are new to uh, my flash briefing, I uh, only record flash briefings from Monday through Friday. I don't do them on the weekends. And that actually kind of brings up uh, something that I want to talk about. So um, I'm reading a new book by one of my mentors. His name is Brian Solis. And uh, he he uh, wrote this book called Life Scaling. And um, I just started reading it and I'm totally sucked into it. Uh, it's a great book, but it's a, it's about avoiding distractions and it's about kind of what's happening now. The thing about Brian Solis um, is that he's was one of the founding fathers of social media, um, technology, and you know as it relates to marketing and and everything that we're going through right now. Um, he's known as a digital anthropologist because he really he really looks at the psychology, uh, human nature, consumer experience, uh, consumer psychology, and so he goes a little bit in this book. But really, he's talking about. Um, what's happened and, you know, we've heard, we've heard all the stories, heard all, heard all the reports about social media, what it does to your brain, um, you know, the technology world that we're living in and everything. And it's not about a book about condemning and it. it's about really how to get back to zero when it comes to being distracted and multitasking and how it really doesn't work and getting into the psychology and neuroscience of everything that we deal with stuff that we've, we've talked about. So um, I recently had the flu and that caused me because I was so sick is that I just unplugged from everything. Like I, I didn't, I, I didn't do any flash briefings. I, I didn't do it in my podcast. Um, you know, I, I just basically stopped everything was off social media for, you know, like f- almost four days straight. Didn't do anything, no commenting, no posts, no nothing. And as I found is that doing that, um, digital detox. And I know some people that kind of do this on a regular basis, um, it really made a difference. It really, it, it helps you get me more creative. It helps you kind of focus a little bit, but I would recommend on the weekends, if you now again, and in our business, you, you, you're marketing and you're doing other stuff, but as far as like consuming content, you don't have to read everything. You don't have to watch every video. You don't have to listen to every podcast or flash briefing. You don't have to post every day. Uh, that's part of what this book is about is just, I, I think we are going to go through a trend because everything's about make sure you post X amount of time, look at the best times to post and like word. It just becomes a chore where social media to me is about connecting and relationships and all that other stuff. So like, I don't post all the time because if I don't have anything to say or I don't have anything that I think will add any value or help to anybody, then I just won't. And if that, if the algorithm pushes me down or doesn't um, show my content as much because I'm not posting as much, then so be it. Like that's the thing is, is I think we're going to be heading that way as people get more jaded and just sick of kind of how um, 
and you, you can't blame social media for this, but just blame how as humans we we act on on social media and, and what we do and where everything becomes like I need to do this, I need to check my phone, I need to do all that stuff. So um, I highly recommend checking out the book. Uh, it's called uh, again Life Scaling uh, by Brian Solis. Uh, check out his other books too. He, d- he does a, a great job, especially um, X the Book. Check that out at xthebook.com. Um, great, uh, great uh, um, book on. Uh, consumer experience and design. And, uh, you know, the, the life scaling book, it really is an eye opener and it will really get you thinking about different things. And it does help. It does help with your business too, because then you start thinking more creative and, and, uh, and, and what things you could do, um, because of the psychology of marketing. But, um, what I'd recommend is since this is the weekend edition, take this weekend and detox. Don't feel that you need the post. Don't feel that you need to do content. Um, this may be going in the face of a lot of people that you hear that do content every single day. Look, eventually it just becomes white noise. And honestly, a lot of people just don't have time to consume it. So don't let that run your life. Take time. Um, Don't don't wait till you get the flu and get sick and you just don't want to do it because you can't move. Um, But take the time to spend time with family, spend time with friends, take a digital detox, do that more. Um, I think you'll find that it allows you to really uh, refresh your brain. And at the end of the day, that's all we're going to have to function through our lives. So, uh, yeah, so uh, that's my advice to you. I hope you guys have an awesome weekend and I will see you on Monday. Good morning, everyone. I hope you guys had an awesome weekend. I am doing these flash briefings from Disneyland, the happiest place on earth. This weekend, I spent driving from Utah to California, and today is day one in the House of Mouse. So I thought it fitting to talk uh, a little bit of some Disney-themed business and marketing tips this week. So uh, (laughs) hopefully you're a Disney fan. If not, um, there's some good lessons in here. Anyway, so today we're going talking about 10 business lessons you can learn from Disney. One is create magic from the start. And basically what that means is have a good first impression, create that experience right out of the gate. Uh, Number two is something I've talked about quite a bit is personalize the experience. The reason why Disney is memorable outside all of the food and the rides is the experience. Personalize that. You really feel, uh, at least we do at Disneyland, uh, the experience is great and, and we feel it's personalized to us. They really go out of their way to make you feel great. Uh, number three is keep it hassle-free, right? Try to keep that experience of the consumer hassle-free as much as possible, especially in our industry where there's a lot of documentation, a lot of things that could go wrong. Try to keep it as hassle-free as possible. Uh, number four, power of the purchase. And what this refers to is, uh, and I've talked about this in regards to micro moments, is that you need to make the customers feel unique in each of the interactions that they have with you when it comes down to completing the transaction where you're actually going to earn your commission. So think about how you're making them feel out of each interaction that they have with you. Branding beyond a logo, and this is definitely something that resonates with us, is that you're not your logo, your color scheme, or uh, your little mission statement. Your branding is how you make people feel. You immerse 
them in your your uh, your customer service and your support, your communication, making them feel comfortable, catering to their needs. That is the brand you want to put out. Number six, even more uh, poignant to what we do, and that's be a trusted advisor, right? Be an advisor to what we're doing with our customers. Seven, impressions matter. Right. And this is what I'm saying. Like Disney's Disney's great at these things and we can learn a lot from Disney uh, when our own business impressions matter. Everything needs to kind of immerse them in a great experience. Everything, whatever you're doing, your, your email signature, the email that you're using, hopefully it's branded to your, your, uh, your name. It's not uh, Gmail or Hotmail or something like that. Impressions, every little piece matters to consumers, especially in this day and age. Teamworks. Uh, teamwork makes that dream work. So teamwork, you know, at Dis- at Disney, everyone's working together to uh, create a great experience for uh, the the people, the um, people, customers like us. Um, but you need to be doing that. You know, if you're an agent and you're or lender, you got to be working together with each other and title and everybody else needs to be pulling their weight and working together to meet the needs and the goals of our clients. Nine, create wow moments. And this is someone uh, I'd like to give a shout out to Social Survey who are uh, great friends of mine, great service. You can check them out at socialsurvey.com, but they're all about creating wow. That is something that they ingrained in their branding. So for you, create wow moments for your clients to where they're going to remember uh, what it was like doing business with you so that they think you're amazing, just like people think Disney's amazing. And then 10 and finally, it all comes down to you, right? It all comes down to you. And so the point is, is that if it's you, it's you, right? It's nothing else. It's all about you. Make it work, make it stand out. Um, You have the power to create a great experience for your clients. So remember that it's a, it's you above all making the magic happen for the clients. This is Frazier. All right. Well, day two from Disneyland and oh man, I tell you day one was a bear. So uh, if anyone that has gone to Disneyland with kids, you know what that experience is like. So here are some magical marketing lessons to learn from Disney. Um, and this is kind of playing off of what we talked about yesterday. First, it's not just about business. It's about the people. The marketing that they do is really all about the people. And that's what they call value marketing to make sure that everyone understands what that experience is going to be like. And it's going to be about the people, not about how awesome they are, not, you know, they are not about how awesome this and that, but really focusing on the business of people. Number two is using technology to improve the customer experience. What are you doing for that? Are you making sure that they are getting a great, uh, great experience, right? Like, you know, is, uh, uh, you know, is your marketing, email marketing, if you're doing text messaging, if they're filling out a loan app, everything else, just make sure it's a great seamless experience that they're used to, that they're getting everywhere else. Uh, it's the Amazon experience. Make sure that they don't come to you and then they get Windows 95, right? Make sure that you're giving them the up-to-date experience that they, the, quite honestly, that uh, new consumers uh, um, demand. One, uh, marketing to the uh, marketing to the kid and every adult. And why you're thinking, okay, all right, now now you're getting a little too Disney esque on this. But stay with me. One thing I've talked about plenty of times is nostalgia, right? So um, posting 
online about something that's nostalgic that maybe takes people back to being kids. I know I did uh, one post on, I think it was Instagram and this was a few months ago where I, I put like a grid of a, of a few toys that I grew up with and I was born, uh, you know, I'm a Gen, Gen Xer, right? So I was born in 76. And so I, I kind of spoke to some, some toys that I played with, you know, up through like the late seventies, early, early eighties. And that was a huge hit with people commenting, engaging and stuff like that. So the kid things matters. It's nostalgic. So, um, you know, market that way as well. Um, and last but not least is continuous personalized marketing, which builds lifetime value. Disney builds lifetime value with their brand and the experience that consumers um, have with them. You can do the same, not, not generic marketing that you're doing to every client, but personalize it and customize it as much as you can, as much as that you efficiently can do that do that. You speak to the clients, you speak to their needs. That is what uh, keeps you top of mind. And that is how you build lifetime value. This is free. Well, it is our third and final day at the house of mouse. And, uh, you know, we're going to be leaving tomorrow, driving up uh, to the Bay area. We're going to be in California for a few days, but, um, or a few more days, and we've already been in California for a while. Uh, so today we're going to talk about four tips that uh, entrepreneurs can learn um, from Disney. And uh, it's really actually about Walt Disney himself. And, uh, you know, and, and I promise this will be the last Disney uh, <laughs> flash briefing, um, but, uh, but I've actually gotten some good, uh, some good, uh, um, feedback from the, the last two because a lot of people love Disney apparently. Um, so one is never stop looking for inspiration. Uh, you know, some people have seen, watched it, you know, there's been a few movies as of late of about Walt Disney and his life and, and stuff like that. Some of them not so good, right? Um, because, you know, again, he lived in an era where people thought the way they thought and did what they did. But one thing that we should know is that there was a point in his life where he was penniless and living out of his office right? So like, you know, it's, it's hard to look for inspiration in that. And, um, you know, one thing that he encountered, um, is a lot of mice apparently. And so that gave him the inspiration, um, actually from a friend of his, uh, for steamboat, uh, steamboat Willie, which, uh, started off this whole deal. And so, um, when it comes down to it, you could even find inspiration in the trash. So that's something that Disney talked about. Um, one is uh, pay attention to people's needs, right? And we've kind of talked about this in the last two flash briefings, but understand that, uh, you know, you need to pay attention to people's needs, right? And one thing that he did with his movies is provide people with an escape from everything that was happening. Because, I mean, a lot of it, um, you know, the, the businesses were going downhill because of the Great Depression and, and whatnot and hopelessness and, you know, and, 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 and guess what, you know, in our business, like, no, we're not living through a great depression, but it's not great for everybody, right? Everyone that you're going to come across with, it, it, it's, it's, it's not going to be great for them. So the more that you pay attention to their needs, the more you stand out. And if they do get into that position of eventually needing your services as a business person, make sure you're standing out by paying attention to their needs. Third is don't be afraid to take risks, right? So, you know, um, a lot of things that Disney did early um, in terms of branding and marketing were, were pretty risky, right? Um, you know, there's things that he did with merchandising campaigns and whatnot. And, um, 
you know, one, th- you know, his, his, um, you know, his, his movie Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs was actually the first film ever to, to have a complete merchandising campaign, um, in place when a movie was released. And that, that film actually, uh, went on to earn $1.5 million. And this was during the great depression, but, um, but that allowed him to expand from there. And at that time, especially during the great depression is it's risky, right? So don't be afraid to take risks. Cause you know, if you want, you know, you know, the, you know, the saying of no risk, no reward, it's absolutely true in business. So don't be afraid to take risks. Sometimes they'll hit and sometimes they won't, but when they do, Oh boy, it is some good stuff. Um, and last but not least is don't pay attention to the naysayers, right? We're always going to run into a lot of negativity. If you've been on social media and made a post on Facebook, I'm sure you've ran into this. I'm sure this isn't anything, um, you know, earth shattering or any type of newsflash to you, but don't uh, pay attention to naysayers. Um, Walt Disney was told over and over again that no one would sit through an entire animated film. Right. And can you just imagine everything that we would have missed out on if that if that was if that was the case and not just Disney, but obviously, since I'm here in Disneyland, um, you know, it's it's at front and center. But we see that all the time in business. We see so many things that wouldn't have happened if people paid attention to the negativity. So make being positive part of your everyday business and something that I have to learn from as well, because you know what, guess what? I could get pretty jaded as uh, my friend Dustin will say, I get grumpy sometimes than I do because of uh, certain things. But at the same time, I am a pretty positive guy and I, and I, and I do, I do work towards being positive because guess what? Negative negativity has zero value. Uh, absolutely has zero value. So don't pay attention to the naysayers, be positive and make some cool things happen. This is Razor with me. And today I want to talk about um, the uh, newest report that came out uh, last week about 65 million U.S. smart speaker owners. 65 million. Like, it, and this is, has to do exactly with what these flash briefings are about. Um, when it comes to smart speakers, I did presentations last year and guess what? It was, it's doubled. It's doubled. It was 33 million. I even said that in my presentations about voice marketing is that the the stats were wrong because I only like to look at stats, um, you know, in a full year basis because they change quite a bit, but guess what? 65 million smart speaker owners in the United States. That's it. They grew 33, 32 million within a year and that uh, in the United States and that there's actually 130 million actual devices in use. Now, this actually is about with smart displays, right? And so um, uh, what it comes down to is that the smart speakers per user grew from 1.8 in 2018 uh, to two in 2019. And I, I know I don't like to do stats, but that's, that's what they're saying here. So that's more speakers and guess what? There's even r- more room for growth, right? So, um, the, the, um, ownership has reached 23% of the U S population over 12, right? But the awareness is much higher with 223 million accordingly, according to the estimate, that's almost everybody right? Because we have 327 million people in the United States. Uh, 223 million are aware of this stuff. And this is what I was talking about last year. This is it. This is the future. Be doing content, be doing flash briefings, doing this types of stuff. Um, you know, even though it's only 23% own one, it's almost 80% 
are aware of smart speakers and their brand. And it's the smart display adoption is growing. And so for those of you who don't know what smart display, it's, it's basically a smart speaker that has a, has a display on it, a video display. So you have most of those, like we have a, an echo bee in our house. That's a smart display as well. Um, and it has a Lexi built into it. Um, where are these smart speakers at that are being used the most frequently? They're 44% are in the living room, 37% are in the bedroom, 32% in the kitchen, and 29% are in other rooms. So, man, it's there's so many different stats going on here. Um, but the 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 key is is that understanding that this stuff is growing crazy. It is it is just growing. The daily itself as far as asking a question um man like as far as a daily that's 36.9 percent monthly is 66 percent just trying it is 84 percent this is crazy guys like oh man if you guys are not doing this stuff get into it right like last year was the year to start it right and you could still be a first mover because there's still people that are on the fence about this don't the stats are blowing up it's not going anywhere soon so if you guys um caught my podcast uh, that came out uh, this week. It was episode 33 where I talked to my friend Michelle Belisari about podcasting and those stats. And now we're at over 50%. 50% of the population are listening to the podcast. First time ever, right? This stuff is not going away. So I highly recommend you get on it. Uh, for those of you that are... Well, yesterday uh, I woke up to some awesome news and uh, I actually, uh, the agent marketer Flash, the Flash briefing you're listening to right now, was uh, um, an honoree for the 2019 Webby Awards. So uh, very honored and excited about that. So um, just great to be known. And, uh, you know, I was in good company. The only other honoree in my category, which was education and reference and business, was uh, was HBO. So uh, good company, uh, big pro- <laughs> obviously a, a big studio. Uh, so that was, uh, that was great. Uh, just uh, excited to be honored. And uh, maybe next year I'll actually uh, get a chance to win an award. But, uh, but thank you all to, uh, you know, for listening and, and tuning in Monday through Friday. I uh, uh, greatly appreciate it. So uh, on to the subject of the day. Uh, this week, the theme has been cool tools. Um, and one I'm going to talk about is one that I'm going to be using today, actually. So I'm going to be uh, speaking for Chicago Title uh, to um, to a bunch of realtors. I'll be speaking with my friends uh, Gr- uh, David Greenspan, uh, Dustin Brome, Chelsea Pites, and Travis Tom. So very excited about doing that for Chicago Title. Uh, but one tool that I have is the H1N Handy Recorder by Zoom. Not Zoom, the webinar company, but a, a different company altogether. You can find it on Amazon, and it's actually what I'm recording my flash briefing on right now and what I do because I travel a lot. So... Uh, Instead of bringing my mic with me, uh, my Yeti, uh, I will bring this little recorder, uh, which I'm using now, and it's very cheap, but it's got great audio and very easy to connect to your computer and uh, rip the audio from these recordings. Now, the cool thing is when like going to conferences and traveling and stuff, I could use this to interview other people, get sound bites, quotes, all that other good stuff to mix it in the podcast, put it on video, uh, put it, you know, just do little sound riffs on uh, Facebook, Instagram. LinkedIn, whatever. Uh, and you could do all that with like headliner and some other cool things. So, uh, the H1N handy recorder by zoom, very inexpensive, but if you're on the go, like me traveling or whatever, you want to interview people, clients or whatever, take out this little recorder and uh, record away. So that is my cool tool for today. I hope you guys have. An- uh, so this wraps the week of the cool tools, uh, where I talk about uh, some of the tools that I like to use and, 
are really just my mainstay go-to um, things that I use to create content. Um, so today I'm going to talk about Capwing, and that's K-A-P-W-I-N-G, very cheap tool. But what it allows you to do is what we all love, and that is to um, create memes, right, and videos and do some editing. It's 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 actually way more uh, – that's what I use it for, but it's, it's way more fully featured than that. The cool thing that I love about it is it allows you to um, – one, it's super easy. It's it's uh, it's all on um, your uh, your desktop, laptop. It's browser based. Um, but the cool thing is that it will out, output a link that you can then put on the Capwing app on your phone, and that will bring in the image or video that you created. Um, but really, the cool the coolest thing about it is that you could put a link to. Um, like a YouTube video, or if you're using GIFs, you could uh, pop in the link from Giphy, and it pulls that video in, and uh, and then allows you to do whatever you want to do after the fact. So super simple to use, super easy, cheap. I want to say it's about twenty dollars a month if you want to use it. Uh, highly recommend it. Again, that's Capwing, K-A-P-W-I-N-G. Well, this is the weekend edition because I don't do flash briefings on Saturday and Sunday. Um, for those, just a quick note for those of you that uh, I want to give a Shout out to those that I got to talk to at uh, the flight plan event that came up. That's been listening to my flash briefing. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for for thanks for coming out first of all, but also thanks for uh, for coming up and letting me know that you enjoy the flash briefing. I really do uh, appreciate that. So I hope you guys have an awesome weekend. And I'll... all right, so today what are we going to talk about? We are going to talk about um, authenticity, and it's it's so funny because it's it's it's. Amazing how quickly these things get into, get to the point of being coming so irrelevant, right? And what I mean by that is that everyone talks about be authentic, be authenticity. But what happens, you know, what, what happens is that it ends up becoming like a strategy, right? Which, I mean, obviously like, yeah, be authentic. Okay, got that. But it's not something you teach. It's not something you could take a class for on how to be authentic. You are either yourself or you're not. And what I see too many people doing now when it comes to authenticity is it's starting to become like a strategy of of where the – and I've seen this. I've seen this 100% with some people that are talking about it and they're like, yeah, I'm going to be authentic to my – true to myself. Well, that's fantastic. And then you meet them totally different than they are on social media and what they're putting out there yet they're they're championing being authentic and so the problem with that is that when you put a structure behind something right uh it it tends to take on a structured form right obviously and and what i mean to to go just a little bit deeper to you know for people that are like okay well, what the hell are you talking about what i'm saying is that when you put a structure around something that's supposed to be fluid right it 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 it, it stops being fluid. And so when we're talking about authentic, uh, authenticity, being authentic is that it, it then it becomes not non-authentic. It becomes the exact opposite of what you want it to be. And what I mean by that in social media is that when you have all these structured posts, like posts between this time and that time, it used to be just like you posted whenever you posted, right? And then all of a sudden, everything became a strategy. Now, don't get me wrong. Like in your marketing, you, you want to market. You, you want to have your, you know, you want to make sure you're getting massive, you know, ma- you know as, as much reach and attention on, on, on what you're doing. But that has to be very specific. If you're doing that for everything that you're doing, I, I would I would argue that you're not being authentic, because 
you should just post when you post and not worry about algorithms and not worry about time of days and things of that nature. Now, again, you can do that, um, you know, for certain messages when you want to make sure that you do want to put a little of that algorithm, you know, algorithm behind it and, and get a big push. But where I've seen it, where I like once I started to, and this is why I don't use really, I don't really care about Instagram is because that is so dependent on you doing all these different steps to get reach and attention that it just becomes unnatural to me. And that's why I don't use it. But like, if I do, if I, I'll post any time of day on Facebook or LinkedIn and I'll get reach, it just, it just happens. Right. And Dennis, you, who, who some of you may know, uh, you know, big, big undoing Facebook advertising, big social media influencer, he does the same thing and he gets reach and attention on his stuff because he's built that audience and he hasn't been doing it behind an algorithm. He just does it. And it's more natural. It's more authentic because it's real. There's no structure behind it. He just posts when he wants to post. And I think social media, we've gotten away from that over the last few years, but I think it's coming back to it. So that's what I want to talk about today is just really about, look, be authentic, of course, but there's no class you could take for it. There's nothing you could outsource for that. Just be you post when you want to just do it and see what happens right now. Obviously, like I said, said when you have a, a a message that you want to make sure people see then that is when you decide to you know post at a certain time make you make use of all the hashtags and everything else but until that time just just be you just post when you want to post and see how that works out for you this is Fraser with the agent marketer and i hope you guys have an awesome day